On this week's episode of The Fizz, we talk about the new year, 2024, and what we did for it. We catch up about all the crazy sports stuff over the weekend. Obviously, the Detroit Lions controversial call versus the Dallas Cowboys. We talk about week 18, what it looks like for the Lions, who they might play in the first round. Then we talk about Michigan going to the national championship, which obviously hurt our little Michigan State feelings. After that, we give out awards for the 2023 year. We probably should have done that in our last episode, but we just thought of it this one, so we do it on this one. And then we cover the wings, pistons, and close with a little over under. But before we get into all of that, I have to tell you about our fantastic sponsor, which is Michigan Made Vosa. Vosa is a ready-to-drink vodka beverage that is lightly carbonated with premium vodka, natural fruit juice, zero preservatives, it's gluten-free, and it's 7% alcohol by volume. I just described their Highline beverage, which comes in four delicious fruit flavors. If you are looking for a little less carbonation and a little less alcohol by volume, you could try their vodka waters. The vodka water lemon is my personal favorite. So next time you are out at the store, take a look for Michigan Made Vosa. They sponsor the Fizz, and we love them. We would love if you would love them back. So give them a try next time you are out. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. But now, let's get into the Fizz. Welcome to episode 135 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. It is Wednesday, January 3rd at 6.15. I am with Channy Football. How are we doing, Chan? We're doing great. Welcome to 2024, brother. Here we are. Here we are. Who'd have thought? Not me. Not me either. Not me. Crazy. Whiz by once again. These years, they keep flying right by. We have no ice-cold brew today, unfortunately. Plan was for him to be here. Um, you know, lighting authority, hit a little snag. Buddy the dipshit didn't show up for work. <laughs> so Lou's got to cover, like, the workhorse that he is. So got to do what you got to do. Uh, life happens, and we got me and Chaney football here today. That's right. First one of the year. Yes. We're coming out hot. We got a lot to talk about here today. Big week, huh? Huge week. Huge week. I mean, the most obvious thing from this week, New Year's. Yep. Tell us a little bit about yours. I left the country. Okay. Uh, just The motherland? Le- uh, yeah, I went to the motherland. Okay. Went to Canada. Uh, shot up north with... Uh, another couple was a good time. Just kind of got away, kind of a last minute idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Grand Bend, which okay. is like I think just north of London. You know, it's okay. in Ontario. It's a it's a town, Grand Bend. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's in Ontario. It was about an hour and forty five minutes away, mm-hmm. and it was really really cool. Yeah. Uh, so we stayed in like you know got a big. Airbnb like mansion type deal that I got to imagine is cost so much in the summer because mm-hmm. um, we were definitely in a summer town. Yeah, felt kind of like a like a Traverse City type. Okay. Like it had a little downtown, um, but like you could tell like the downtown got bumping. There was like a winery there. It was cool. It was really cool. Like the house we stayed in was like I said gigantic. It was so modern. It reminded me of like a Netflix thriller house, mm-hmm. like somewhere like a couple would get killed going up north <laughs> for Canada when no one's there. Uh, but super great place. And, you know, me and me and my wife were like, oh, my God, these houses are so great. Like, I wonder how much the houses we're staying at. 
Seven million dollars. Come on. I swear. Not not even on the water. Not even right seven on the water. Seven million? Nice house. Seven million blew my top off my head. And we're like looking at like other houses, like smaller ones. And it was like crazy price for even like shit shacks up there seven million dollars i never even heard of grand bend and like <laughs> these places were just apparently it's the hottest ticket in the world because i was like oh man this place is really cool little sneaky getaway only an hour 45 away. canada must be thriving or something didn't know property values were that high in grand bend uh, well i'm asking you you're the realtor <laughs> so i yeah i mean i was gonna say had you heard of it or anything like that i've never heard of grand bend dude you gotta take a look i mean it looked like i want to go back in the mm -hmm. summer um you know and maybe Fortunate one day to get a house there, but fucking nowhere near now, buddy. <laughs> I mean, the house was sick, but it, I, when I saw that price tag, it blew my mind. But but overall, great trip. Good. You know, made some food, ate at, uh, got a beer at a local pub called Patty's Pub. It was like no bigger than like the studio we there got we go. here. Yeah. Floors creaking as you're walking. Would they in. have like Molson on draft and shit? Like even, even deeper cut than Molson. Really? You know, like it was just like the most Canadian of the Canadian, like, loggers and stuff and mm -hmm. like they had like posters up like taunting you for drinking light beers <laughs> and shit like it was great it was an awesome it was an awesome getaway and i love canadians and canada and the motherland so it was great good what good. about you what'd you get into so i was with ice cold brew lou um yeah. we did uh kind of a uh 20 23 going on 34 night i felt <laughs> like i was young again um started out at the red wings game yeah so saw our red wings fall to the Bruins. Um, but it was good getting down to LCA, packed house, good energy, pretty exciting game, eight goals. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of action. Um, so we started there. I know we talked about it a little last episode, ended up going to the Peterborough after that. Really good restaurant. Did you get the cheeseburger egg rolls? We did. You're good. Yes. Yeah. I think we got, I think we got. 10 out of 12 appetizers. Nice. It was something crazy where... And you went post-game. Wings yes. game was at 5 p.m., yes. done at around 8 maybe. Yep. And then you had a late dinner. That's right. Coming out of the Wings game. So you guys were... Late dinner coming out of the Wings game, early arrival to the club, went to Orchid, <laughs> got there at 10.15. I mean, basically the lights were still on I was going to say, were they, there. yeah, still yeah. mopping up from the night before? Yeah, it was really early for going there, but... Um, thing was, we got there. It was fun, but we kind of all looked at each other after like an hour, hour and a half, and we're like, meh, you want to go back home for the ball drop? So yeah. we got a couple rounds Absolutely. of shots. You know, we're feeling it, and we're like, we're either going left or right right now mm -hmm. because we're staying here till 2 or 3 or we're heading home. So went back, drank, had a couple nightcaps, and uh, had a good time. I can confirm Ice Cold Brew Lou did make it to 2024. Nice. It's not someone with his phone. He is actually here, and he did make it. Good, good. Yes. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. It's funny you mentioned the 23 going on uh, 30 type deal or whatever the hell yeah. you said. Uh, the We did a little, like, impromptu bar crawl, like, the 27th or 28th mm -hmm. of last week, just the middle of the week. No reason. Just had a friend in town, bounced around a few bars, and that was, like, woke up the next day, like, what the hell has happened? To and us? how was that being that it was a weekday? Like, were you guys sniping some deals? Uh, no, no. not really. <laughs> no, there was still a good amount of Wrong. people. There was a good amount of people out. It didn't yeah. feel like the middle of the week or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we got started after work, happy hour time, but 
one bar was completely empty, but the other ones were like pretty bumping. Yeah. And if they weren't bumping, like we were in our own world. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was all just fine. Still the holiday feel. Exactly. Holiday traffic. Yeah. And that one took a whole day to recover from. And then, you know, right up to Canada drinks for that. A lot of games we were watching. So yeah, today is like the first day that I feel like I got like moisture back on my lips. Like I've just been dried out trying oh. to, you know, trying to rehydrate for the past Sir, few days. The Blistex has been going yeah, left man. and right these past 72 hours. God, it's like those, these 10 days. It's like, I know they're coming. I know what to expect. I try to say, I'm going to take it easy. And then you just, <laughs> you just, you drink, you eat and you spend, and then you wake up in the new year going like, I got to fucking oh, change shit. who I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least that's me. That's how I do it pretty much every fucking year. Well, you know what else you woke up to in the new year? Yeah. What do we got? What do you got? 20,000 followers yeah, for champagne, that. baby. Wow. Congratulations. Huge, huge number, huge accomplishment. The goal was to get it by January 1st, so not bad. January mm -hmm. 3rd is when we hit it. Uh, thank you to all of you for following, sharing, all the stuff. You guys for contributing your hard work. Um and you know probably the uh, probably the uh, probably the Lions for losing that game because <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that controversial content really uh, spiked the numbers. Oh, it sure did, sir. Should we just hop right into it? Yeah. Next on the list, I see Brad Allen here. So Brad Allen actually probably bumped up for the last. How many thousand. pictures of him was on the non-debatable debatable report today? Oh yeah, the uh, the heat list. Yes. The I want to say like seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone asked me at my office today when it came out, what's going to be the mainstay for all the pictures that are on them? Because yeah. you always have your Claude Lemieux, mm -hmm. your Kwame Kilpatrick mainstays. There's going to have to be one of those seven Brad Allens that's going to be the mainstay. <laughs> I was thinking maybe the Dak Brad Allen handshake yes. as the mainstay. Um, that's that's the best picture, yeah. but it's tough to see because you got to squeeze them in those little yeah. frames. Um and I really just want to, you know, got to keep it, got to keep mixing it up. I know people like their mainstays, but the hate you list, you know, it rotates <laughs> in and out. There's people who are always there. I just can't fit everyone I hate on that, that row. That's right. So Brad Allen just absolutely took the cake this week, uh, snuck in the, the, the Cowboys logo back there. Cause I think I really do fucking like hate them now. Oh, I think I hate them. It's a now. different level. I've always not enjoyed them or liked them, but I've been like fine about them. Right. But but now this one, it's like just fuck off. This like, one's different. This one's different, and we're good now, so we might see them again. A hundred percent. And it's just I'm so fucking sick of them. And you know, as far as Dallas, their teams in the NFL goes, I mean. You talk about Dallas being the poster child of the NFL and then Detroit all the way at the bottom. You know, it's just – it feels like Lakers-Pistons or something like that. You right. know what I mean? So, fuck Dallas. And then, of course, we kept American Coney Island on there because – Always. It always knocks every week. Why you got to do American <laughs> like that? And someone's like, you're new here. I'm like, oh, I love that. You know, like, yeah, you got to follow up. Every week I get, damn, why you do American like that? Mm -hmm. And I get, where is Jim Joyce? And each each time with Jim Joyce, I'm like, he rotates in and out. Well, at least Jim Joyce apologized. Yeah, I, I still fucking hate I him. I think we have yet to get an apology from the NFL, Brad Allen, or anyone involved. They will never. The NFL will honestly, wisely never open that Die fucking door. Die on that one. Yeah. Die on that sword. The thing about that, the difference, though, is with Jim Joyce, it's just like, I mean, that's just a missed call. Right. Like you see the ball in his hand. Everyone knows how to play baseball. Bang, bang. That's it. Right. Yeah. And, and with this one, it's like fairy dust. Like no one, I don't even still get the fucking rule. 
And now he's just lying because there's no audio they're going to release. There's just these phantom pictures. They released this video that was incorrect. Did mm-hmm. you see that with the NFL? Yes. Where they're, yeah, they circle. Anyways, the NFL will never give an apology Ever. or open that, crack that door open. They'll never say they did anything wrong. Ever, ever. And the disheartening part was, for the most part, Lions played a good game. Yeah. I mean, to hold the Cowboys at home to 20 points when they've been averaging roughly 40 points a year at home, undefeated at home going into this game. Our defense is is a bottom 10. Uh, Exactly. And Hutchinson comes up, plays a great game for us. Probably his best game as a Lion. You know what? His numbers weren't great, but Goff, when he needed to, had some huge throws. I'm thinking of the one... To J-Mo, mm-hmm. down the middle, Micah Parsons coming down his throat. He throws, what, a 50-yard bomb yep. down the middle. Um, they played good. Um, you know what? C.D. Lamb tore us up. Other than that, Ferguson, I thought he was going to kill us. Campbell played very well on Ferguson. Maybe Jack Campbell's best game of the season so far. So that's the most disheartening thing is we actually played pretty well and ended up losing the game. It's not like we gave everything away, we did this, this, and that, and we lost the game. We actually played one of our better games in the last six to eight games. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it was like a gritty December fucking top of the NFC pl- game, you know? Yep. Like, it wasn't a crazy shootout. Nope. Uh, the defense showed up when they needed to, uh, or at least as much as they needed to. Uh, and to be honest, without... I mean, there were some fluky plays. Like, it kind of goes both ways. Like, number one that sticks out to me is Barnes going at Dak. That sucked. Open your arms, push them, pull them, do something, right? That's an absolute kill shot. But then the sin of that is to give up the bomb. Right. You know, for 96 yards or whatever it was. Right. But then you kind of you say that, and you go like, man, that was such a fluke. How did that happen? Blah, blah, blah. And then you turn around, and CD fumbles out of the end zone, yep. which, like, you can say it was a good play. It wasn't really a good play. I mean, he got... I'm just going to say, he got a little lucky. You yep. know, I mean, he whacked the ball right at the right time, and it happened to take that bounce right out of the end zone. So there were plays that went both ways. It wasn't like we also totally dominated mm-hmm. and got screwed, or like you said, like played like kind of shitty mm-hmm. and got screwed. Like both teams played a hard game, and then we just ended up getting screwed. And I guess what's your whole take? Like, obviously, we're not the first ones to talk about this or report on this, but like, how are you feeling 72 hours after the game about Dan Campbell as a whole? I know, obviously, you posted a lot of great things about him these past 72 hours. Some great quotes from Dan Campbell. But no. I guess what's your whole takeaway from everything and how he coached that game? Um, I, I just fucking love him more. Uh, absolutely <laughs> no. love him more. Like, there's a lot of people who obviously – when when they lined up for the third time and went for it from the seven yard line, like it was, I was just like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, I was just kind of like, hell yeah, baby! Yeah. Like this is this is who we are. And my thought process on it is is pretty simple. Like you don't get Dan Campbell without that play call, and you don't get Dan Campbell without some of those wild misses, mm-hmm. and like you don't get that awesome fake punt. You don't get all the fake punts we've gotten from him. You don't get those fourth downs where they seal the game as opposed to punting it away. Like you don't get that without what we saw on Saturday mm-hmm. with, with some misses and either you get on board with it or you, you don't like, and you hate it and you criticize it. Like if you want to play soft and you're mad about missing that seven yard extra point, well then 
Don't get excited about his fake punts and stuff like that. Jalen Reeves may have been one for one, 31 yards. Perfect passer rating. <laughs> Dude, that play was awesome. Yes. Of all the fake punts we've done, that was my favorite one. 100%. That was a great one. I, I kind of equate Dan Campbell to like a, a Draymond Green and or a Rashid Wallace. You take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. Rashid was awesome. Rashid gave the, the, the Pistons another level and ultimately helped us win a championship. But that guy could fly off the handle and hurt you and get two technicals and give up three points and a possession in the blink of an eye, and he wouldn't think twice. It's the same thing with Draymond Green. Do the Warriors win four NBA titles without Draymond Green? I'm not convinced that they do. He's suspended indefinitely right now because he's punched somebody and or choked somebody out three times already this year. The only difference, like I get the point you're making. The only difference, though, is Campbell's isn't really selfish. No. It's 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 what he it's actually thinks he is. is best. Right. And it's actually a fault that he believes in his guys so much. Right. The other ones are just, those are kind of selfish things. That's just raw emotion going negatively. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I thought it was kind of funny how he's like, um, you know, I told him if we score the touchdown, we're going for two. And, like, that's kind of like his explanation he died on was, like, I didn't care if it was from the 12-yard line. Like, I told them we were going for two. Like, we were going to do it. So, like, that's to your point. Like, he just doesn't care. Like, he's just going to go with it. He said at the start of the drive, if we score, we're going for two. And, obviously, they could have gone all the way back to midfield. He would have gone for two. Dude, I know. And um, I just – and the other way to look at it with Dan Campbell is like, sure, you can get mad and we lost that game. Um, and there's a couple others I can think of like Minnesota where he had bad clock management earlier uh, in, in his tenure with us. And, but like you look at it right now and it's, you know, we're 11 and five. Yep. So it's like, would you rather be safe and go back to the six and 10 days? Or how about this? And like all the other stuff he does has, uh, made up for these play calls that may upset you, which they truly, I, I have never once said like, why the fuck did he go for it at right. the seven? To me, it was just like, and golf missed that throw. Right. I mean, truly like golf missed that throw a little bit. I'm not saying it was an easy throw. It was not his first option, all that stuff. But I mean, it was there and yeah. it felt like it's not like we went for it at the 50 or tried to kick a 70 yard field goal, seven yard play. That's right. With the best play caller in the NFL and a lot of playmakers on offense. Yeah. I think my whole thing is like, as far as the two point conversion goes and him going for it, I don't know. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm not like questioning him. Like that's his style. I think that's good. Where I start to question some of his decisions. And we talked about it earlier this year in the Seattle game. And then earlier in this game, you have fourth and goal at the five, roughly after CD, Fumbles that ball out of the end zone. You're given a gift. You can already tell the only thing Dallas's offense did to you in the first half was that 92-yard bomb. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they've done nothing. You're on the road. Take the points on fourth and goal at the five. That was the one that I was like, I wish we would have kicked there. Right. Yes. I, I don't understand that early in the game. I don't care if they do it from the 12 or the 15 on the two-point. Like, he wants to end the game. His thought process is, I'm on the road. I want to be aggressive. I think we have the momentum. Okay. I I don't find any logical explanations for in the second quarter on a fourth and essentially five to go for it when you have a chip shot. Mm -hmm. 
It doesn't make sense to me. So that was my irk with Dan Campbell more than anything was not the last 30 seconds of the game. It was what led up to that and what put them in that position because he would, hey, they kicked that field goal to 2016 and then they're up three at that point in time. I agree that that going for it um, definitely like bugged me a lot more than the end of the game. Um, but like, you'd be a liar, you know, he gets in and yep. it's just like Dan fucking Campbell, baby, <laughs> you know, uh, but like, I mean, there were a lot of fun plays in that game, dude. Melifonwu was absolutely on fire. Um, he's our best defender. Like, what I don't think you hell? can, I, I mean, Hutch is the only one that's even close to him right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, and branch just has these uh, like yeah. big plays in games, but like, no, there's no one hotter than Melifonwu over the last four weeks. Five weeks? And I'm interested to see. I think we touched on it last week, but what do you do? Like, Gardner Johnson's coming back yeah. in a week or two. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, gonna, he's coming back Sunday. Yeah. Kirby Joseph has played good. Yeah. Brian Branch has been our nickel all year. Like, one of those guys is getting booted somewhere, and it can't be Melifonwu at yeah. this point in time. Yeah. Um, I You know, I think it's, it's probably going to be who has the best week of practice. And, like, I think they're going to get CD out there, at least warm for this Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. But, like, you remember CD in those first few games. Like, we are a different – he's a, he's different a fucking monster out 100%. there. 100%. And he gets everyone all jacked up, and he's got, like, that attitude. and 100%. You know, I, it's a great problem to have, which I, I couldn't tell you who's in and who's out and who's playing where, but I, I do know that – you know, we still need help. We still had a receiver go for 200 yards on us. You know, Cam Sutton got eaten up pretty good. Um, and so did Vildor. Yes. Our boy. So, um, I mean, that game was honestly exhilarating to, for that to be taken away though. Um, you, you just have to wonder like what the, like, did he truly just report it wrong? And now he's just doubling down because he doesn't want to get yelled at. Was it fixed? Like there's just so much, just like, it's always so shady when you're in Dallas. The question I had was like, we why did it. it happen 30 seconds after the play? Like did another ref come over to him and be like, you announced 70 when he thought maybe he did announce the right guy. It doesn't, nothing makes sense. You know, it doesn't, there's no logical explanation for why it happened and how it unfolded. And two times in Dallas, in pivotal moments in games, we've had plays happen called, uh, it, it's like done, settled, yeah. and this late mystery flag comes in. Like, how about when we saw a flag pop up and they're like, oh, the refs are getting together. Like, how bad did your stomach just right. drop? Like, you knew what was happening. Right. And we said it every week leading up to this game. I am just nervous about beating Dallas in Dallas with the fucking refs. Yep. It's like there's a reason we're nervous, and it literally bit us in the ass. And don't you feel like it's 10x because it's in Dallas? Always. Like, I mean, it's just like if this happened to us at home against the Packers, I'd be like, damn, fuck, yeah. damn Packers. But at the the Cowboys with the history we've had, fucking America's team, and then Jerry Jones with that, Jarrah, with that shit, <laughs> eating grin yes, after dude. the game. I'm literally making a fucking meme of what it's like <laughs> to play in Jerry World. And it's a, it's a soldier with a thousand yard stare. <laughs> Jerry with that maniacal smile and all the times the Lions have been fucked in Jerry World. Now, I would be remiss, though, to say that we didn't get a huge call uh, on that tripping. 
Massive. I mean, that was, it was a phantom trip. In Massive. fact, in fact, like Hutch tried to trip him, <laughs> I and uh, I mean that changed. That's not important. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. But I, I, I agree. It's not important. It's not as big as that that blown call at the end. Right. And like with a trip, like people are falling. You know, holds yeah. get called all the time. A hundred percent. This one was just cut and dry. Like the one at the end of the game, it was like who reported, who didn't. You got it wrong. It's 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 wild. It really is. Fucking mind blowing, and it just sucks because. There was a real shot at the number one seed. A real shot. Especially with how everything's playing out right now with the Eagles losing. I mean, that's the biggest kick in the dick out of all this is we are we are almost locked to be in the two seed at that point. Um, one seed would still have been tough, but to have that two seed and to potentially host two playoff games, I mean, no. we need a ton of help now to host two playoff games this year. I don't think there's a way we do it, is there? Yeah, you need some upsets in the first round, uh, though, right? The Eagles would have to beat the Niners in the divisional round. Okay. Which, who knows, could happen. They, they've played toe-to-toe with them. They've beat them before. I mean, I, honestly, like, I just feel like the NFC is just uh, throw everything out the window. NFL is always crazy. Yeah. Remember yeah. our pool last year? How many people had the, the Packers <laughs> yeah. two years ago? 17 out of the 20 people? Yes. They lost week one or first round? Yes, um, but absolutely just insane Lions game. Total felt like SOL type deal again. I mean, I, it, it like did feel like it was like an SOL play, but it didn't feel like SOL just because, I don't know, I just kind of love how Campbell, again, yeah, you know, did his thing. You know, he goes on the radio. He owns up to it. Mike, do you have that clip? Just the no? Uh, Okay, no, I thought you had the full clip. All good, all good. But, you know, he goes on the radio. They're asking him. He's, like, begging him to say it, say it. They're, they're like, how did you feel about that call? He's like, why don't you just say it? Just say it. Uh, makes him say it was a reckless call. He's like, good. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Thank they, you. Yeah, and then they ask him, uh, you know, if you regret it. And he just, like, pauses for a second and just goes, no. And that is, like, my favorite. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then he comes out the next day, and he's like, I'm not going the other direction. I'm full of... Uh, what do you say? I'm full of pure octane and con- controlled fury. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That's yes. just like, he sounds like, like an eighties action star nuts, pure octane and controlled fury. No. Well, I'm glad like, you know, the lions won pride, you know, I'm glad we all came together and had our spokesperson, Dean Blandino, uh, give a statement on behalf of one pride this week. Dude, I think that's the weirdest. <laughs> I think that's the weirdest video to like hit the internet. It just, it like, it came in like the come down of this whole thing, yeah. and it just kind of was like this five minute. It was long, and he's like, yeah, it's five minutes. Yeah, and he's like leaning in on the camera. He's like a big guy. He's like wearing so much <laughs> blue, and he has like that flat brim hat on, and gives <laughs> this like half passionate speech about being a Lions fan his whole life. Yeah, he's like, Dick Knight, Train Lane, curse the franchise in 50 set. Like, he did a timeline of, like, every low point it was insane. in the Lions uh, history. So, to me, it just felt like he was, like, backhandedly, like, dogging all of Lions history. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't understand it. I, okay, like, I think it was a cameo. Mm-hmm. So, I think he got paid to do it, and someone was like, hey – my friend like loves the lions and he's really sad. So like cheer him up. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that was it. And it just got like leaked. I mean, not really leaked. Like someone probably just posted it. So I guess that's fine if it's just a cameo, but it feels like very disingenuous to just be like, I'll do a cameo of any team in the world right? as like a sports person. 
Um, so I don't know. It's, or I don't know. It just felt really strange to me. And like, why did he do that? I heart Detroit video, like back in 2016, 2017. Yeah. And he calls Verner's Vernon's and, and then like, he just does this. Like I, I just, there's something weird there where I just feel like he's clowning. He has some issue with Detroit and mm-hmm. every, his friends know it. And he does these videos like tongue in cheek. Yeah. And I could be fucking wrong, but I don't know that the, the, the weirder one is honestly the one in 2016, 17. Yeah. That was on what, like NFL network or something. Yeah. And he's just like, like can set. we move forward and yeah. stuff like that? Like, yeah, it might've been cause of the Dallas, the, the last Dallas thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dean, we know you're a listener. So if you want, we record on Wednesday evenings. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to have you on. We know you come to the area a lot cause you love it so much. <laughs> I don't know. No. Well, the good thing is this. We still have the NFC North. Yeah. No one can take that away from us. Yep, we can't take it. We, we we are at worst the three seed. We're hosting a playoff game. And we're hosting a playoff game. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Yep. News breaks today. Carson Wentz starting for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Stafford sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers play a tough game against the Bears this week, who have actually been pretty good the second half of the season. Fields is talking shit. Yep, Fields is talking shit. So you got to believe that the Bears are going to come out and play. So there's so many scenarios to play out as to where seedings can go, who plays who, how it all shakes out. In a perfect world, we get the three seed. Who do you want to see come into Ford Field? I think I want to see Green Bay. I think I want to see the Green Bay Packers. They embarrassed us uh, on Thanksgiving. And, yeah, that's scary to think about. That game was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. We couldn't block for shit. Jordan Love's coming out party. I get it. It was scary. It's tough to beat a team twice in a row. It's going to be tough to beat us at home for that first playoff game. And Jordan Love really hasn't seen anything like that. Uh, I mean, Thanksgiving, I'm sure, was crazy. But this is going to be ten times not even close. Yeah, it's going to be wilder. I think if I got to choose, I would pick the Green Bay Packers is who I'd like to see in the first round. Well, this isn't great radio, but I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I want the Packers. I want us to win our first playoff game in over 30 years against the team that has kept us down for nearly three decades. And I just think we're way better than them. We went into Lambeau and absolutely steamrolled them early on in the year had an off game on Thanksgiving. That was just a terrible game all around for us. Um, Jordan Love has looked pretty good lately, but let's just really look at Green Bay. The last four weeks, they've played Minnesota, who they beat, Carolina, who they've beat, a.k.a. the worst team in the league, and they've lost to Tampa Bay and the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. They're not that good of a team. They nearly squeaked out one out against the Panthers, and... Yeah, as much as I want to see a Stafford return back, Stafford v. Goff, if you're just talking about who's a better team and who's a better matchup, the Lions match up better with the Packers than they do with the Rams. Yeah, and I think it's it's like that astronaut meme. Like, the Packers are a bad team. It's like the other astronauts shooting them in the head saying they always were. Yeah. Uh, they got hot for, like, a split second. Right. And it was like they beat us, they won a couple other games, and everyone thought, oh, fucking A, they're going to come for the division. And then they shit, they shit themselves. Right. They, they lost to, like you just said, Tampa and the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me – Los Angeles is a little bit of a hotter team, even though they just struggled with the Giants. Yep. But, I mean, they went to New York, early game. You yep. know, uh, 
I get worried about just Stafford really getting up for that home playoff game in Detroit. Yes. Uh, without a doubt. I think that's the most obvious thing to say. Stafford's a fucking gamer. Obviously, he has a Super Bowl. Um, th- the Rams coming... Uh, it's tough to say because it's Green Bay, but I feel like the Rams coming to Ford Field almost puts more pressure on the Lions mm-hmm. uh, than it does the Rams. They're, yes. Stafford has nothing to play for in that game. He wins that game. He's a hero. He loses that game. He's a hero. He's all good. He's, he's got fine. his ring. And he's got his ring. Yep. Goff, on the other hand, this is like his, like, he's still down one to Stafford. Yep. And it... I feel like that pressure would just be really big for him to like try to beat his old team in front of the home crowd. Like truly there's, there's a time I feel like that the home field can be worse than the road. Oh, a hundred percent. And I feel like that would be the situation. And it also scares me that um, I feel like McVay would know exactly what to do to spook Jared Goff. I think he's got a little bit of intel yeah. as to what that could be. And is Stafford really going to be rattled if it is loud, if it is chaotic in there? Like, he's played in there in those environments. He loves the place. So it's 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 his second home. It was home for him for a while. I think he'd be so jacked and loose. Like, he would – I think he'd – I think it'd be not great. Yeah. I think he'd sling. I agree. I agree with that. So, a lot to play for this week. Um, for a lot of teams in the playoffs, I, I think one of the wildest ones is the Bills. Bills win, they get the two seed and win the AFC East. Bills lose, they potentially get knocked out of the playoffs, um, Crazy. depending on other results from the week. Yeah, so I'm obviously, everyone knows what I'm doing right now. I'm in the NFL playoff <laughs> machine. And so, like, I think it favors us right now for where it stands, going mm-hmm. back to the Lions. If all the favorites win... We're going to play Green Bay. Yep. Um, what's the big game that flips that flips the switch on that one? So if Lions win, that game don't matter. Green Bay wins. Eagles win. Cowboys win. Who am I missing? Who didn't I give a game Rams. to? Yes, Rams. So Niners would win. Yep. And then we get Green Bay. That's right. But if that flips, if L.A. wins, mm. we get L.A. We, we just need L.A. to lose. What gets us to the two seed? Dallas would have to lose, right? To Washington. Nope. And the Eagles have to lose. It's like impossible. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. What? Are they resting? No, they're they're playing. No, they got to play. They got to play. They're both on the road, interdivision home dogs. Hey, that, that is would a be rule. wild. That is a rule. You know what'll happen though is that will happen, but then the Rams will lose. Yeah, the Rams will the Rams yeah. will lose to San Fran and we'll end up just playing the Rams. <laughs> Because like it's hard, yeah. If all the favorites do win, we get Green Bay. It's it's all about San Fran and L.A. And San Fran's playing Darnold. Yep. Without McCaffrey. Yep. Ever no one's playing this week. There's like eight to ten teams that aren't playing anybody. I heard today who's starting this week: Joe Flacco, Blaine Gabbert, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz. This is like 2017. That's crazy. And then what's the situation for the NFC South? It's basically just like whoever wins. Yep. Well, so, the Bucs ha- control their own destiny, though. Bucks. So, but if the Bucs lose, then it's the winner of Saints-Falcons. Yep. That's kind of wild. I think another wild scenario, like, Falcons could get the four seed or pick eighth, depending yes. on this win or loss. Correct. That's insane. 
That's it's the NFL. I know it's very wild. So it'll be interesting. It's good that there's a lot still to play for in Week 18, and it's good that guess what? We don't have to sweat anything out in Week 18. We're all set. Yeah, we are all set. What we do have to sweat out, though, if you're ready to turn uh, subjects here real quick. Yeah. We do have to sweat out our biggest arch rival, Michigan, winning the national title. Possibly the biggest nightmare scenario that any Spartan could face. Michigan football winning a national title. That pompous fan base that just pretends that they're elite will actually be crowned as the most elite team in the country if they can beat Washington I do have to give it to them. They earned that win in the Rose Bowl against Alabama. That final drive, that was all on them. Bama didn't blow it. Michigan made the plays. I hate to say that. Um, but with that being said, we've got 60 minutes from potentially have to, having to hear, not just this year, not just next year, for the rest of our lives, how Michigan won the national championship in 2023-2024. Yeah, I mean – you know, we're talking about our weekend. I lost in the fantasy championship. The Lions got screwed. The Wings lost on New Year's Eve. And then Bama lost to Michigan. And Michigan's going to the national championship. Versus Washington. Um, Washington's a very good team, not taking away from them. But it's not like we're talking Georgia from a couple years ago. Um, very beatable team. It, it sucks, man. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Like, uh, it's... I am not the type of person to say, you know, oh, good for the Big Ten or good for my rival. I Hell no. No, I root against my rivals, and my number one rival is the University of Michigan. But credit, where credit is due, you are going to the national championship. If I said anything other than, you know, there was nothing in that game that was given to them or controversial. Nope. Um, you know, the biggest thing was – uh, Milrow f- fumbling uh, at the 50 yep. when Bama was up and driving. Michigan picks that up, and the game is completely different. The game is completely changed. Uh, from that moment on, Michigan had c- not control, but had like momentum and confidence. They go down and score, and then uh, you really got to – I hate to say it, I couldn't believe Harbaugh went for it on that final drive I know. On, from his own, what was it, 25? Yeah, 30, 35, somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, and they just left Blake Corum wide open. Best yep. player on the field was left completely wide open. Yep, I couldn't believe that. I mean, <clears throat> Michigan made the plays. I think of that J.J. McCarthy catch one hand behind the line, then he threw it on mm-hmm. the double pass. Roman Wilson, the last drive. That was a for sure pick on that tip pass if he didn't go up and snatch that one yep. down inside the red zone. That was crazy. Um, my my biggest thing though is like how shitty are the long snappers and centers? Oh my god. Between Michigan's long snapper and Alabama's center, I couldn't I could not believe how they couldn't get the ball back to the punter and or quarterback throughout the whole game. It wasn't just one or two plays. They couldn't do it the whole damn game. The the snapping, if you're a Bama fan, that was infuriating. Yep. But on the other side of the coin, Michigan was very much staring in the face of losing that game because of special teams and just having like trouble with the snap tweets sent at them all day because they missed an extra point. Yep. Uh, they muffed a punt, mm-hmm. and then they muffed that punt inside the five. <laughs> that was the craziest play of the day, I thought. 
when he muffed that punt yep. and it went backwards to the end zone, I can't believe that guy held onto it at the one yard line. He got lit, lit up, up too. by like three Bama guys <laughs> on the one for him to grab that ball, pick his head up and lean, make sure he wasn't over the line. Yep. Was honestly like impressive. Underrated play. Yeah, Herb Street called it out too. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they switched their punt returner, put in the like a skinny white, it looked like you or me out there. <laughs> And uh, that blew my mind. I thought for sure when that ball went back, like it was going to be a safety or a touchdown or anything, but somehow he held on to it and they were able to, to stay out of the, the, the safety. Yeah. So it was a, a good game. I, I will say both the, the semifinals were great games. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of who won, who lost, they were both down to the wire. One, you know, obviously went to overtime. One could have gone to overtime, went down to the wire. I mean, it's just going to be – it's like the, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object yeah. in the title game. you got Michigan who grounds and pounds and gets three, four, five yards of carry while Washington gives up four and a half yards of carry versus the, the air raid offense with Michael Penix who could have and maybe should have been the Heisman Trophy winner this year behind the best offensive line in college football and – with not one, not two, but probably three pro receivers on that team. Um, and Roma Dunze is probably the second best receiver coming out of the draft. So it's it's almost one of those things where who's going to impose their will? Is Washington going to jump out 14 nothing, and then Michigan's got to play their game? Or is Michigan going to do six, seven, eight-minute drives and keep Penix on the sideline for only two or three drives a half? Yeah, it's... It's going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited to see it. I can't believe how much of a jug Washington is and how good Penix is. Just has haunted haunted Michigan State his whole career. I know. He was unbelievable. But, I mean, uh, you know, Michigan with – they just seem to make the big play at the right time, and it's never like – feels like it's never this big flashy thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in overtime, how frustrating was overtime? I mean, they just handed the ball to Corum twice, and he said, I'm, I'm going to end this it. game. I mean, that was – that those two runs were incredible. Yep. And then for, for Bama, I mean, just three low snaps, like, at the goal line. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think the line opened at Michigan minus four. Yeah, four and a half it is right now. Um, I should have put money on Washington 750. I know I took them on here, but was too chicken to actually take them in real life on 750. But um, at four and a half, I'd be interested to see. I feel like everyone's talking about Michigan in this game. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone's saying how Michigan's going to win, Michigan's going to dominate. And I felt like that was the talk going into the Bama-Michigan game but it was all on the side of Alabama. Yeah. So I, I feel like Michigan's the favorite and the heavy favorite in this game, not only on paper, but in the eye of the public. Um, but if we're judging by anything, if, if anything's going to tell us what's going to happen this Monday, just look in our own backyard, Michigan State, the only team to play both of these teams this year. <laughs> and if we're going off that, we only lost to Washington by 34. We lost to Michigan by 49 this year, Uh-oh. outscored 90 to seven. So, if we're just going off of that, um, Michigan's going to beat Washington. Yeah, I like I like that comparison. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. No wonder why we were four and eight. I mean, you got to play these Played guys one and all two. Year. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, has I mean, has Michigan hasn't played anything remotely close to looking like Washington though this year, right? Not that style of offense. They've obviously played as good a teams in Ohio State and Washington, but not a quarterback like that, right? Right. 
Well, we shall see. Um, congrats to Michigan fans. Uh, this hurts for us, like, more than anything. This is, like, you know, this is, like, the worst nightmare type deal. But you're there, and, hey, we'll see what happens. But just, like, they're victims, so feel bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, other people were cheating, according to JJ, so that's why they started. Yeah, I mean, they just keep winning. Stallions was there. Did you I see him? That. Yeah, he was in the right crowd. behind the bench. Yeah, he was there. Salt meat wound. Yeah. And w- did you see uh, Jack Harbaugh, by the way, the yeah. dad? Weird. I thought it was literally when I saw a picture, I thought it was Jim Harbaugh with a filter on. I know, right? It was really strange. It, someone said, like, after hearing his, his parents talk, like, no need for a DNA test. Seriously, that was wild <laughs> to me. I honestly, when I saw the picture, I thought it was, like, a Snapchat aging mm-hmm. filter on Jim Harbaugh. But it is what it is. So... One thing we did not do last episode, because, I don't know, we're all running around. We weren't thinking well enough. Uh, we didn't, like, do any wrap-up end-of-the-year kind of stuff or hand out any awards. Mm-hmm. So, me and Chaney here, we're going to take a few minutes, walk through some people we think uh, deserve awards for the end, of the end of the year. You know, debate it a little bit, maybe have some honorable mentions, but uh, this is something we should start doing towards the end of the end of the year. Is here, I agree. Wrap them up. Um, so, you know... Three, four days after the end of the year, we'll, we'll tighten her up next year. That's right. But So I have some categories here, um, and if you have any you want to toss in, you know, we can chat them on the fly. But, you know, let's start, let's start right, right off the rip. You know, Chandler, who would you say was the best Detroit sportsman in 2023? And all those phrases are, are loose. Detroit, you know, it can be throughout the state, you know, whatever you got. And then, you know, uh, sportsman can be player, coach, GM, Whatever you think. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Best Detroit sportsman of 2023 for me. Yeah. The GM of our Detroit Lions, Mr. Brad Holmes. He has put together one of the most talented rosters in the league in three short years. He put a bow on it this year by going out, getting C.D. Deuce, um, by staying patient and just going with his plan. What happened on draft night? He took a running back, 12th overall, everyone was just bitching up a storm. Jameer Gibbs has turned into a top 10 back in the league. Took Sam Laporta, best rookie season for a tight end ever. He also took Brian Branch, who fell down the draft board. And in addition to that, Jack Campbell has come around these last two or three games. My Detroit Sportsman of the Year in 2023 is Brad Holmes because of the talent that the Lions have had. We talk about the Lions since 1957, They've just had a lack of talent. They've had a lack of depth, and that's something that this team is not lacking. So kudos to Brad Holmes for putting us in this position to not only have one, two, or three good players, but to have levels and different uh, strings of players that come in, produce. You've seen injuries throughout the year. Melifanwu, we talked about him all uh, or a lot earlier today. He was our fourth safety going into this year and he's arguably our best defender at this point in time and all of that not even mentioning is because of the Stafford deal that's right which he put together and manufactured and everything um I love it great answer don't disagree with anything you said there I'm going to stick on the athlete side of things and go with the beacon of consistency since last year and this year um just he's so consistent I feel like we're starting to overlook how good he is, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes. Um, and that ties in with Brad Holmes. Uh, like you said, uh, third-round pick. 
Uh, he's the guy naming all the receivers picked before him. I'd never heard of him until we picked him that day. Mm-hmm. He has been absolutely incredible uh, this season and even towards the end of last season. There has only been one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight, there's been eight games where he's had under 100 receiving yards. And of those eight, um, I would say two or three of them are in the 90-yard range. Everything else is 100-plus. He's scoring a touchdown every other game. He's Mr. Reliable, sure-handed, plays hard, works hard, represents the city, has that chip on the shoulder, underdog talent. Uh, I met him at a charity bowling signing when he was, like, questionable uh, for the week to play, not feeling well. Met him at a charity bowling signing in Roseville, talking to hundreds of people there. Amon Ross St. Brown is a great guy, great for the city, and that's who I got as my sportsman of 2023. Love it. I don't have any arguments in, in regards to that. Um, my honorable mention for best Detroit sportsman in 2023, Mr. Dan Campbell. I yep. think it's top down. You have to do that. And I'm going to do. I'm going to just finish it off with the trio. Sheila Ford Hamp yeah. is going to be my top three for best Detroit sportsman. But it doesn't happen without Mr. Brad Holmes at the home. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so we talked about the best. Let's get to the worst. So this one was very tough for me because I have two, okay. and they're neck and neck. But the question is the worst, mm-hmm. not the two worst. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the worst Detroit sportsman. I'm not going to go front officer ownership. I'm going to go to on the field, none other than Javi Baez. Okay. Six-year, $140 million contract signed two years ago. You know why he's so bad? He opted in so that he finishes out the contract the next four years, and we're stuck having to play him. Career low for a full season this year as far as average goes. Batted 222 for the Tigers this year. 222. Never had a full season that was he batted under 222 in his career. Um, 125 strikeouts. The guy's fucking swinging at pitches that are, are, are at the Hockey Town Cafe. I mean, they, they might crash through the front fucking window. He's terrible. His attitude is shit. He's yelling at the fans. He's swearing at people. He's a fucking mope. And for a team that's starting to kind of turn the corner with cornerstones like Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green, Javi Baez is still a huge black eye in the only contract that is weighing the Tigers down going into this next chapter. Javi Baez, 2023 worst sportsman of the year. I love it. Very well said. Um, I'm going to stay on the field, and I'm going to actually stay in the same ballpark. Wow. And I am going to go with Fernando Rodriguez. Wow. Who started off the year as a borderline. Erod? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Why did I say Fernando? <laughs> yeah. Eduardo. Yes, my bad. My no, bad. you got it. <laughs> um, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, started off the year like as a borderline Cy Young candidate. Yes. Gets hurt doesn't play again, then we're ready to move him at the deadline, get some pieces, and he denies it. Um, I don't know if that's a front office issue or what the problem is there, but the fact that he says he denied the trade to the Los Angeles Dodgers fucking stopped us from getting some some new pieces, some young pieces, um, and then says like he wants to restructure the contract with us and then just darts to Arizona – 
which is pretty close to LA. The West Coast. Because he didn't want to go to the West Coast. Right. It absolutely makes no sense. And I don't know if we're being gaslighted by the press or the Illiches that this is not what happened or if Scott Harris really botched this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of just sounded like his wife didn't want to go to LA. Yep. But they were okay going to Arizona. Um, and obviously, I wouldn't just on this one thing uh, put this all on Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, but the disappearing act that he did a year ago is still in the back of my head, and I'll never forgive him for it. Never. Weirdest thing in the world. How do you not hear from him? How do you not know where a player is? Right. Couldn't find him. Radio silent. Yeah, and we're not talking Dennis Rodman, who you know would show up and (laughs) work his ass off once the the game started. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, you have no business here in Detroit. I wish you the worst out in Arizona. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, that was my pick. Not Fernando Rodriguez. The only other guy that came to mind, and I can't believe I didn't say him as the worst sportsman in 2023, none other than that smug owner, Tom Gores. Yep. The once one of the top five most proud franchises in the NBA, this guy don't come to games. He only holds press conferences at 9 p.m. on Friday evenings. He's not willing to put a winner out there. He's been here for over a decade. So that was the only guy that I could think was close, but I didn't want to go back-to-back front office slash ownership. Thus, I kept it between the lines. Yeah, and Tom Gorris, you know, greatest quote ever. It's like, why do they care about the wins when we're doing all this in the community? (laughs) Uh, My honorable mention was Troy Weaver. Um, I can't break down the moves. As much, you guys know Frankie Hoops. I don't know too much, but I, I know what a bad record is, and I know when we're, what are we, year six, five, six, yep. into a rebuild, and we're the worst team in the NBA with a couple of top lottery picks. Yep. That can't be good. So I'm going to say Troy Weaver is my honorable mention for worst Detroit sportsman in 2023. Yep. Moving right along, we're going, you know, worst to first again. Favorite Detroit sports play in 2023. So I thought about this one and I'm like, all right, what's a big playoff moment? Uh, none of our teams made the playoffs. All right. Yeah. What's that big opening day touchdown or home run that? No, we didn't do that either. So I'm like, just racking my brain. Like what's a big play from the Lions season? What? I, I just couldn't settle on one. So I want to settle on this one. I don't know. I feel like it's turning the tide for this Tigers franchise. Back when the Astros came in town, Austin Meadows, bottom of the ninth, walk-off, three-run home run. It felt like the old Comerica Park. Oh, wow. It felt like they were at a low point in the season. They started to see some things out of Torkelson and Riley Green, and then they beat an Astros team that came in here. Again, this isn't some, like, monumental Detroit sports moment. I hear you. We just haven't had many this year. Yeah. And for a franchise that struggled so bad and then got off to such a shitty start this year, this was one of the bright spots. I'm a Tigers simp. I love the Tigers. And it was just good to see a packed Comerica Park, a walk-off, having the Astros in town. So my play of the year, albeit not much of a play of the year, is Austin Meadows' walk-off at Comerica against the Astros. All right, I'm just writing that down. That is such a Chandler pick. That is such a niche. Just (laughs) I want the Tigers to be good so bad pick, Um, and I salute you for it. So I'm tied between, like, three. I'm going to give a winner – um, which I think has to be the winner. I think it. I think if we don't mention it, it'll just be like 
it'd be a bad look for the the pod. And it it's it's got to be the interception to seal the division yep. versus versus Minnesota. I mean, that was my other one. We knew we were supposed to win this division. We knew we were supposed to win that game. We're playing Nick Mullins on the road versus lowly uh, Minnesota. Um, but when we finally picked that thing off, when Melifonwu grabbed that thing, it was made it official. It just was a whole different feeling. You know, when you actually clinch, you actually feel it. It was the first time I ever felt it in my life. We won the NFC North. Um, I was with some family members. Uh, I'll never forget that one. And uh, that, I think, for me, is the number one sports play of the year. I can't argue that. Uh, I had that one on my list, and I also had the Aiden Hutchinson uh, strip safety against the Bears to cap off that comeback. So my honorable mention was right in that vein, though, Channy, but I was with you, and as far as pure excitement goes, <laughs> it was David Montgomery scoring right. that touchdown. Uh, that video got thousands and thousands of views, but that whole comeback and then to culminate with uh, Montgomery scoring against his old team, and then you and me won a monster bet, obviously, but that was like exhilarating oh, yeah. um, and unexpected to win that game. Yep. Um, I had one more honorable mention, which is kind of sneaky because you forget that it was actually this year. But when we got the first down versus Green Bay to eliminate Aaron to for Aaron Rodgers to play his last game in Green Bay, yep. that was awesome. Uh, I believe it was DJ. I think it was Chark. Yes. Yes. He caught the. We went for it on fourth down, picked Chark up a Lord. four yard, and I was at Lambeau. And obviously, people think that's last year, but it was like it was like January. S- sixth or seventh of of the of 2023 mm-hmm. so um that one's up there for me too yep yep um okay we just did the we just did the uh the best what was the worst all right uh i'm gonna do i'm gonna be a little facetious here this is not my worst one but it has to be <laughs> said first and that's mel tucker leaving a voicemail um <laughs> the second worst play of 2023 <laughs> is also a michigan state play and I just can't get it out of my head. Their game against Kansas State, that little guard put up that three-pointer oh my God. off the glass. Yes. MSU had all the momentum, and he had turned his ankle, uh, and his name is slipping my mind. I, I can't think of his name anymore. But We watched that game together, yes, and it yes. was absolutely bonkers. Yes, it was bonkers, and Michigan State started getting the momentum and what had happened was Marquise Noel threw up an absolute prayer that went off the glass and in mm-hmm. to kind of shift that momentum and keep Kansas State in the game. So Full on street ball. That's my worst play because I think that's the, the only team that really had a chance that I root for this year was Michigan State basketball. And that was the, the, the play that I can't get out of my brain from that game. Marquise Noel, three-pointer. In the Sweet 16, um, that's a great that's a great call. That's actually probably the most actually devastating play. Uh, well, mine's pretty devastating, but I feel like mine's a cop out a little bit. Um, so I'm going to actually just lean on what just happened, and it was the play in Dallas where we got it called back, where yep. Decker reports is eligible, Skipper doesn't. They mix it up. We hit the play. We get it all taken away. That for me, from an emotional standpoint, was the worst play. That happened for mm-hmm. Detroit. Nothing Detroit did wrong, or I guess maybe they did report wrong, but they fucking didn't. Uh, it's so fresh. It's so cutting. That one for me was like, was well, it was the worst play. I mean, I can't think of a worse play during the Lions season. And for the other teams, there's not really one that like hits that hard that meant so much. I agree. Besides the MSU one you just mentioned, which is a great call. 
Um, I do have one honorable mention, uh, the Red Wings this year. And this is like, I just like how the game, the meaning of the game goes way down. You know, you're saying about Austin Meadows mm -hmm. play. Uh, one of the worst plays for the, the Red Wings this year was when they were in Sweden. That two-game stretch, they just played fucking awful. They were supposed to beat the Senators, ended up giving up the lead and losing in overtime. Mm -hmm. And the way they lost was uh, a puck in midair and Brady Kachuk whacking it out of midair and James Reimer ducking. And it was like the <laughs> worst goaltending play I've ever seen in my life. The puck's floating in the air, takes a swing at it, Waxed out of the air. It's coming right at his head, and he ducks. You're a goalie. Don't get out of the way. <laughs> Wings losing overtime to kind of our arch rival right now. We lose on the big stage. Ottawa still has our number. Um, so for me, James Reimer, and it was really the beginning of a lot of people hating James Reimer, and he's had a terrible year. So uh, that, for me, is the honorable mention uh, play, worst play for Detroit. Yep. Um, okay, and then last thing for uh, let's keep it on the sports we'll just do yeah. the sports yeah yeah so uh just we we did every tailgate this year we only missed we only missed a couple i think you missed the denver one and oh so did i and we the both falcons i think i missed okay the falcons or the yeah the falcons or the panthers i missed okay yeah and i missed the denver one ice cold brew hasn't missed one yet we're going to be here um on sunday for the last minnesota one and then we'll be at the playoff game but you know being out there for every tailgate first time i ever did it uh, we were filming all, filming the whole crowd out there. A lot of fun. Did you have a one you liked the most? Um, I think it was the first one. Um, we were so naive as a crew as to like what to expect, how the videos were going to come <laughs> out, what kind of response we were going to get. Um, the weather was great. Mm -hmm. We had the blue ski masks. Yeah. They were littered throughout <laughs> the city. We were so hot. Um, we were at Eastern Market, which was absolutely bonkers. We had come off the win against Kansas City, so the Kool-Aid was flowing maybe at the highest level all year at that point in time. There was no doubt. There was yeah. no doubt. We just had beaten the defending champs, yeah. and we were coming back home to take what is ours. Um, so my favorite tailgate, weather, just atmosphere, and then we got to go to the game, yeah. which was a nice addition. Yeah, it was great. Was the uh, the Seahawks game in week two? Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue with that first one because it was it was pretty incredible. Just watching everyone flock around producer Mike with the camera and ha <laughs> seeing that whole rig and everything, and um, it was a thousand degrees and just seeing everyone out there and yep. kind of everyone just getting used to us being around there and filming people that. That really was great. The one that stuck out to me, though, was when we played Chicago at home. Yep. I just thought that whole day was great, starting with how beautiful the weather was, how energetic the whole crowd was. There was no doubt we were beating Chicago. Good tailgate spot, too. Yes, a lot of good Chicago banter out there, mm -hmm. too. Um, we ran into the Reverend of Roar, That's right. who was given that speech. There was Muncher. The Muncher fuck, 69. Muncher, Muncher 69, who was uh, Cookie Monster. I just had like a lot of fun at that yeah. one. And then coming back here and watching that game uh, and us winning in the way we did was was a great day. But um, they were all great. They were all great. They were all a lot of fun. There was not a bad one. No. I'll say that much. No, there was. they were just all different. Yep. Not one was the same as the next. The Halloween one was pretty wild. That I mean, was ridiculous. that one was pretty ridiculous. People were probably the most hammered yeah. on the Halloween one. Yeah, that was wild. Um, yeah, and then the Monday the Monday night game was like not as bonkers as we thought it would be. That was the Halloween one. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. My but bad. What that's happened was when it like 
we didn't realize that it was going to get so they were going to go in so early. Yes. But when we went to the Detroiter after, like people were just <laughs> out of their mind. Like people, it was like they hadn't seen a camera in a bar ever before. Right. Right. Um, so good stuff. Those were our awards for for 2023. Um, you know, maybe we can expand on them next year. But oh, that was pretty good. I loved it. Yeah, it I stuff. loved it. Next time we got to get Lou involved. We should have done it actually before the end of the year. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have had that That's play. Right. We wouldn't have had that play. You got to kind of wait till the end of the year. That's right. So it's maybe not we over. Did the right it's thing. over. Big brained it. That's right. Big brained it. Um, I see we got a Red Wings Pistons note here at the end of the show here. Kind of wanted to hear what you had to say about the Pistons because they did win a game. And the we monkey's talk, off their back. We should say it. You said that you had a weekend where the Red Wings lost on New Year's, yep. the Lions lost, Michigan won, but you forgot to mention the Detroit Pistons. I did forget that. Winning for the first time in 28 games. I know you were watching when yeah. you were in, what was it called? New Grand? New Band? <laughs> Grand Bend. Grand Bend. Property values, man. They're crazy. <laughs> So it was good finally seeing that. It was actually funny. Like the crowd was like, it was like giving a standing ovation. Like we had just were we clinched a playoff berth. Yes, we were at home. Um, it was it was good to see it. It was good to see a guy like Cade Cunningham, who's actually been playing really good, to finally like see a little pressure relieved. Um, Jalen Duran's back. That's going to help with at least staying competitive in some of these games. We're on track to win two more games this year. Um, <laughs> Didn't we get the doors beat off us like two days later? We did against the Rockets. <laughs> yep, we lost by 20-plus that week. So, um, you know what? It's it's one of those funny things. I, I still think they had less wins than the Lions in all of 2023. Between the two seasons, not, yeah. just, not just the one season, but – um, you know, it was good. It was good seeing that. It's a fucking mess down there. Uh, it, it, the, the worst part of this all is this is the year that we're gonna have a, a really good chance to win the lottery. Although Detroit teams never do, and this is not a good draft class. Yeah, this is not a good draft class. Great. There's not that guy that's a franchise changer, mm. and there's not a second or third guy that you'd say, "Oh wow, even if he slips to us, we'd be happy with." Yeah. Him. Great. I feel like this happened with Cade, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cade's great, but, like, it wasn't, like, Wambayana or LeBron James. No, it was a pretty good draft, but, like you said, it wasn't a, a generational player. Yeah, like, they were Cade still debating out. who to take. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. Um, s- s- more frustration. Uh, the Wings are the wings are just frustrating um, as hell. They've won four in their last 14, uh, and they just played the Sharks on the road. The Sharks are the worst team in the NHL. They're on an eight-game losing streak, and we squeaked by a win mm-hmm. yesterday. It was five to three, but the Wings had to score too late, got a fluke goal um, just to get a regulation win. And I'm just hoping that they're slumping. I really am. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a good team. I think we really struggle with goaltending. Like I said, James Reimer uh, has been a bust this year. Huso is hurt, who wasn't playing good before then. And then Alex Lyon, who literally, I mean, he was the third string goalie. He makes 900K a year. Like, he's not hes not a starter. I mean, he's not bad. We like him, but hes he's not the answer. So defensively, we just have to figure it out. It seems like we can't. If we get a lead, we blow it, and if or we get down really early and we can't catch up. Like the wildest stat for the Red Wings this year is they are seventeen and zero when scoring four goals or more, and they are 0-16 and one when scoring less than four goals. 
So they don't win close, low-scoring games. They have to put on an offensive showcase to win games. So it's been frustrating, but I am hoping it's just a slump. Um, you know, I, the 97 – I keep going back to this. And the 97 Wings who won the Cup had a nine-game losing streak during that season. It's a long season. Got to get hot at the right time. I mean, you go out and you win five, six in a row, everything turns. So stay the course. We'll be fine. Jenny Melrose tap it in real quick here because I got some hard-hitting questions for you. Please. All right. Wings, now what, 11th, maybe 12th in the East? I got to look, actually. I don't I know mean, exactly. I mean, they're, they're definitely not in the playoffs as, as we stand here today. No. All right. Trade deadline is when? Um, February? Late February, yes. early March, yep. somewhere in there? Yes, sir. All right. Wings are still 11th at the time of the trade deadline. Steve Eiserman, you're Steve Eiserman. I Your am. dreams have come true. <laughs> I did it. You are now Steve Eiserman. You get a call wanting to acquire Patrick Kane. Yeah. Are you listening or are you not? No, I'm not. I'm not listening to it. You're not? No, I'm not. We have so many prospects. We have so many young people, and we still have picks. Patrick Kane has been He's been really, great, really I think good. he'd get you a lot, he's a been, lot in return. He's been really good yeah. since he's been here, um, and I am not trading Patrick Kane. I like the core that we have. I don't think where we're at right now is where we're going to end to where we're going to be closer to the deadline. I think we're going to make a push. I'm believing in this thing to turn it around. Um, in the Atlantic, Toronto Maple Leafs have 43 points. We have 40. Um, we've played one more game than them. That's that's a week. That's a week's worth of winning, and we can turn this thing around. I'm not moving Patrick Kane at the deadline. Okay, this is how I know if you'll be having journalistic integrity and being um, objective right now. Do you think the Pistons can make the playoffs? No. Okay, gotcha. All right, <laughs> so you are being objective. Okay, second question for you, and I'm going to keep asking it. Year six of yeah. the Iser plan. Yeah. He doesn't. If he doesn't make the playoffs this year, is he on the hot seat? Uh I, mean, I might have cracked him, folks. This is a first. 2024 is a new year. I just, I don't, I still don't see it. Like half of his guys, I mean, he might be on the hot seat. He might, he will be on the hot, he, okay, here's the answer. He will be on the hot seat. The media will put him on the hot seat. Detroit will put him on the hot seat. Um, I'll be upset, but I'm not putting him on the hot seat just because, mm-hmm. again, so many young guys who still haven't even made it to the NHL yet. It is not the NFL. It is not the NBA where you draft these guys and they make an instant impact. It is not Laporta. It's not Branch. It's not Jameer Gibbs. He's drafted 19 and 20 year olds who need three, four years in the system. We still don't even have his full roster. Now, right now, this is not great. This doesn't look good after how hot it was to start. People will say he's on the hot seat, but all you would be doing is bringing in someone worse is what I would be saying. All you would be doing is downgrading the position. I agree. I mean, I just uh, – You can know. keep riding me. That's fine. And I am the biggest Red Wings or Iserman slap in the world, and I'll defend him to the death, and I'll never say he should be fired. I don't, I don't care. But there are still like three or four big names that haven't even been up yet yeah. that, that we're very excited about. I mean, World Juniors are on right now. Nate Danielson playing out of his mind. Uh Palinka from Sweden just scored a game-winning goal in overtime. And they're boy Casper. But Casper's down there too. That's right. Playing well. Like we have a lot of 20-year-olds who have not even sniffed an NHL roster yet. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I will say this though. If he doesn't make it this year, next year it 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 
It has to. Yeah. It has to. I mean, to. this year I still feel like we really, really, really should. And I, it's hard for me to believe that this team, for as hot as they were and as good as they were to start the year, that they're this just ice cold and out Can't of we get right a now. damn goaltender? Is there not tra- goalies out there that we could trade for or are available? No, I don't think so. I think, really? I think it's like an issue. I think it's a goaltending issue. I mean, we haven't won a game where we scored three or less. No. <laughs> no, we have not won a game. We tied. We it's lost not- one in overtime. It's the best we did. Three or less. It's not even like – and if we would have won that game – we would have had to score four. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's, no, it's, it's an insane stat. It's crazy. Is seven, it the defense? Is it the goaltending? Is it it's both? It's a mixture of both. Okay. Yeah, it's a mixture of both, but I don't know. One good week, I'm telling you. We just need to rip off like four. You know, we need, to, we need like a five of six type deal. Hey, I believe still. I believe. I believe because you believe. Good. It's a long season. I believe there's a lot of time left. I didn't know there was a nine-game losing streak in the '97 season. Right. It's a good nugget. And I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not pulling that out of my ass. But I'm pretty (laughs) sure. Pretty sure I read that somewhere. All right. Let's close with over/under. Now that you've upset me, you got me thinking about Iserman's job. Watch, Jerry's gonna have Iserman. Yeah, well, Iserman hot seat. (laughs) All right, Jerry sent the over/unders. Let's close out episode 135 on a rainy day in uh, downtown Detroit. LGRW, I'm going to start with you, Channy, because you're the only one here. No, Mike, producer Mike's here, working his ass off. You guys hear the rain hitting the roof? Yeah. This building, I don't think, is up to code at all. Like the walls leaking. No, the walls do leak. If it rains hard enough. Yeah. Oh, no. That's just tar or something. (laughs) The walls do leak, though. Number one, dry January. Dry January. Um, Dry January is over. Rated. I don't think I've ever participated in a dry January. I take it a little more easy, but like everyone that I know that does a dry January just absolutely loses their fucking mind in February <laughs> and just regresses to back where they were. So for me, I don't take a whole month off if you're planning on drinking the rest of the year. Just drink in moderation. Overrated. Um, yeah, I'd say it's overrated too, and that's not looking down on anybody who does it. It's just not for me. My birthday's in January. There's like Lions playoffs games now. Um, it's fucking hockey season. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things I like to drink for. Um, and to me, the dry January just feels like like kind of like a faux New Year's resolution type deal. Like yep. I just feel like if you're going to go dry, like go dry. But I mean, if you're going to cut back, that's like, you know, just do that. Like, right. like I said, um, and if it like, ha- and if you're cutting back and you happen to go dry, like then do it. But if, I don't know if you're kind of like, Oh, I really want to drink, but I'm doing dry January. I don't know. Just have a drink. That's right. Unless it's like an issue, you know, whatever. <laughs> a slippery, slippery <laughs> slope there. Number two, Jim Costa, Jim Costa. I'll be honest. I don't listen to the morning show a lot. I don't know too much about him. I respect the hell out of the interview he gave with Dan Campbell. Very open banter. A lot of that was on Dan Campbell just being so open. But Jim asked straight up the question we wanted to hear, which was, why'd you go for it again uh, for the two-point conversion when you're at the seven-yard line? And then called the decision reckless and said, I think you had had a better chance of winning in overtime. No. Um, It's like the number one clip in Detroit sports media right now. So I respect the conversation. I respect the banter. And I respect the the journalism there. Uh, Underrated. There we go. I am going to side with you here, too. Underrated for Jim Costa. Um, he's kind of a Swiss Army knife. He's always filling in the different shows at 97.1. He's going to take over the morning show here after the Super Bowl. Um, 
I don't know. I think he's just kind of a straight shooter, tells it how it is on any topic. And obviously you saw that this past week with his interview with Dan Campbell. Jim Costa, underrated. All right, number three, sticking with you. Do we snake these? No, hey, you're right. Sticking with me. Yeah. I feel like we sometimes snake them and sometimes we don't. I feel like sometimes I go first, then Pizzo goes, then we switch. <laughs> I feel like I just lose track of it all, all the time. Number three, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel is overrated. Jimmy Kimmel sucks. He's not funny. Aaron Rodgers called him out. He's nervous now. Late night television isn't funny anymore, and Jimmy Kimmel's part of that club. I haven't watched Jimmy Kimmel in years. I think he sucks. I don't think he's funny, and uh, I think this back and forth with Rodgers actually is pretty funny. Um, We'll see if he actually sues him and takes him to discovery uh, about these claims. Overrated. Yeah, I don't think he has, like, a claim really at all. I I mean, unless you're going to do a defamation thing, (laughs) which, like, is very hard to prove. Right. Um, I haven't seen Jimmy Kimmel in pretty much anything since, like, The Man Show. Uh, I don't know much about him. I don't know what his show does. Like, I do agree. Like, late night television, I feel like, is just bad. Yeah, I just, I'm not watching it. So I'm going to say overrated as well. Uh, I feel like if you had asked me this, like, when the man show was out and all that, I probably would have said underrated. Great back. I thought he was a funny guy. He used to be on NFL on Fox. That's right. They Mm -hmm. used to put a comedy guy on. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I for, completely forgot about that. But now I'd I'd say overrated. I don't really consume anything, Jimmy Kimmel. Me neither. Number four, darts. Good old game of darts. Is it me? It is. Darts. Darts are underrated. Darts rock. We had a dartboard in college. We played so much darts. Darts is an awesome bar game. Always better when you get real darts versus the uh, the digital board. Oh yeah, yeah. Always, always a good thing. I got a dartboard in my garage. I'm not that good at them, but uh, I really like to play. Darts are underrated. I agree with you. Got a dartboard in my basement as well. Love to play some darts. Good recreational game. It's not like you have to be like like good pool players versus bad pool players. Like it's not fun. Like I feel like darts. You can be all right, or you can just leisurely pick it up and have a good time with it. Love the game of golf, though, in darts. I know some people play cricket. Mm-hmm. Some people play the whatever, 501 or whatever number. I'm a, I'm a golf guy when it comes to darts. Darts, underrated. Yeah, I would agree. Give me, give me darts over pool every, every time. I like them both. It's just like when you get pool sharks out there, That's like, what I mean, you're, though. you're cooked. Yeah, you know? like, and I feel like I'm, always, I'm just not that good at pool, and I'm not that good at darts, so I guess I don't know. <laughs> number five, Marshawn Lynch getting all these commentating gigs. Oh, winter classic basically it's just marshawn lynch like having a career yeah i mean hey good for him you know what i mean i I think that's a good thing for him he's always been a a good guy and and been pretty funny during during and throughout his career the problem that i have right now is i feel like he's everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's getting overplayed and the shtick is getting outplayed um so you asked me this maybe a year ago i'd say underrated at this point in time i don't want to see any more of them overrated um, I'll say underrated. The guy's getting gigs. I mean, why not? Like when you're hot, you're hot. You're not going to turn these things down. That's you can't, right. you can't blame them for it. Uh, I totally agree though. Like the, the shtick of it is kind of, you know, just like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Right. And it's like the weirdest to me, it's like the weirdest, like rise to publicity ever. It was like such a quiet guy who didn't want to talk, mm-hmm. you know, and then like was very reserved and like that made people want to have him talk more. So uh, I think it's interesting, but I'll say underrated. I mean, what are you going to do? Turn those gigs down? Those are big, 
big things. Yep. So that is episode 135 live from HQ, downtown Detroit. We appreciate you guys, as always. Best thing you guys can do for us this year, share this podcast. We're going to continue to grow uh, and just try to continue to make this better. So we appreciate you guys listening this whole season. One more week, and then we're into the playoffs, baby. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Go Lions. See you.